Hello, this is Lawrence Lewis. And this is Sister Christian. Today is Friday, March 27th, 2020. This is the Producers Happy Hour. Two producers on opposite coasts reaching out to our filmmaking and live event community to hear your stories about how this pandemic has affected you, your life, and your work. It's important for us to keep talking, communicating, and sharing our experiences and ideas. Your stories let us know that we're not alone. Email us, or better yet, record a one-minute voice memo and send it to producershappyhour at gmail.com. Just follow the instructions on our website, producershappyhour.com. Also, please share this show with friends and colleagues. We want these stories to be heard far and wide within our community, so people share on social media or tell a friend. Look us up on Instagram. Look us up on Facebook. We're on LinkedIn. I think we're everywhere, yeah. Lawrence. <laughs> we're we're everywhere, and uh, yeah, we finally we finally got our Instagram game going. It took a minute, but uh, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of moving parts when you do a podcast, and that well, was one well, of the last ones. And sometimes to, uh, it's nice when you have like a uh, you know, even though I consider myself pretty technologically advanced. <laughs> yeah, I still I still haven't figured out TikTok yet, so. Yeah, me neither. But, uh, <laughs> so, you know, yeah. hey, we're, we're, we're getting there. We're getting there. Exactly. So today we're chatting with line producer, production supervisor, Josh Jupiter, based in New York. Yes. Josh has a lot of thoughts on the state of our industry at the moment, and we're going to dive in. But first, Christian, how are you? Um, okay. So I was up most of the night last night, um, sewing masks for my little sister. She is a healthcare mm-hmm. worker in, um, the Nash, the mid, uh, let's call it uh, central Tennessee and they've yep. run out. So, or they're down to four, mm-hmm. a different doctor's office has passed them over a few of their extras, which is like borrowing a cup of sugar. I mean, (laughs) and so um, the masks that I've made, you know, they've got a little pouch in them where you can slide your other mask in there. And so these will Uh hopefully um, let her uh, and her doctor, because they're partners, be able to see patients for longer because they're doing good things. So that's what I did last night. It breaks my heart that my sister and um, has to go out there and possibly face people without the proper, you know, PPE here. And um, but if there's something that I can do to help, that's what that's what I'm trying to do. So, yeah, it, it makes me feel like I'm doing something. Yeah, which you are, and it's very noble of you, and it's a, it's a good thing that you're doing. Well, I have this sewing machine here and a bunch of extra fabric, so some of them are really fun <laughs> patterns that I think she's going to oh, get good. and be like, um, I'm not as loud as you, Christian, so, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, I bought, there's a, we have a neighbor here in Joshua Tree, and he's there sewing masks with fun, crazy <gasps> fabrics, and we bought a few uh, to support them. They're fun. I'll wear one, I'll, I'll wear one yeah. fine tomorrow. So you can see it. Um, <laughs> oh, please do. I mean, they're 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 yeah. great in a a small little thing that uh, that may seem little to you and take a small amount of time is making a world of difference for somebody else. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, how are you doing, Lawrence? I'm okay. I think I'm still dealing with anger, like I was yesterday. I'm mm-hmm. Kind of frustrated with and annoyed by everything and everyone. So if I'm snappy today, that's why. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Snap away, sir. I can take yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, you definitely can. You've seen it before. Um, 
Um, Once. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, uh, I, yeah. I think that's it. Yeah, I'm just, um, you know, all this information is pouring in. We're seeing the stories coming out of the hospitals, like talking about your sister. And it's getting serious. It's getting, I mean, we knew it's getting, it's been serious. It's just, it's, we're seeing it more. We're seeing the stories from inside the hospitals, from the healthcare workers. And it's just really, it's just really um, well, uh, sad, but also really frustrating when you hear how um, the our leadership in the White House is, is talking about all of this and saying, you know, the governors of the states have to treat him nice. You know, it's just Yeah, like, and just relax, everyone. Relax. Like, when, relax. Was, when have you ever yeah. relaxed when somebody said or calmed down? Ooh, I love it when somebody tells me yeah. to calm down. I'm like, oh, sir, I am calm. Yeah, that is, yeah. <laughs> but I don't have to be. <laughs> but I do think that uh, there is something there when it comes to uh, multiple reasons right now. So during 9-11, we weren't uh, getting the type of uh, play-by-play action that we're getting now. Mm. Yep. The In the 20 years that have happened since then, uh, almost 20 years, Technology has grown to a point where we're an instant and immediate society, right? Even the little troubles yep. that we've been having with sometimes internet that has been at slower rates than what we're used to has been frustrating. Mm-hmm. It has caused me to want to become angry and mean a little bit. Yeah. And yeah. fighting that urge is pretty tough. The urge to... um <sighs> to be angry is always prevalent inside me and letting it out. I think, I just don't know. I just don't know. Cause yeah. it, it could be, uh, could be very healthy. It could be, but it, for, I don't know, 10 or 15 minutes, it could be quite disturbing. So <laughs> I just don't yeah. know. Like, how are you, I mean, are you doing anything at all to distract yourself or you just, Living in the moment. Drinking wine starting at three o'clock in the afternoon. Um, Yeah, no, I'm just living in the moment, um, focusing on podcasting, focusing Mm -hmm. on voiceover. That's kind of about, I'm just busying myself up with little projects, which maybe isn't the best thing to do. Maybe just kicks the can down the road. But I think I said this to you a few days, like setting a schedule, right? So I'm I'm working on that. I, you know, I have an alarm every day. I'm getting up like I get up for work. What I haven't incorporated is working out. So that's next, and that's today. Uh, I mean, so that should finish this that podcast. Should, mm-hmm. I'm going to send it off to Rob Blumke, our editor, and then I'm going to do a little workout, take a shower, like a normal human person. What's normal? <laughs> exactly. That's the problem. <laughs> that's the problem. There's no schedule. No normal, yeah. There's no rules. I did. I saw somebody posted a funny, and you know I love these. Somebody posted my. Here's my new quarantine schedule: seven thirty breakfast, seven forty five dessert breakfast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 15 champagne you know you know it's just like it was right. it was funny and uh, I, I feel like that's kind of we're all we're all kind of experiencing this oh yeah so. I mean every I don't know hour and 15 minutes I'd say I'm like oh is it snack time no it's not no, there's no it's snacks not. it's not no. uh you're bored I had a challenge yeah I had a challenge you know we still have a friend with us uh he's accepted into our our safety bubble because we were all quarantined together you know, Previously. since it mm-hmm. started. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone else has, that I know has been on an airplane recently, so they're not allowed in the house. Oh, 
They can um, come outside and sit 10 feet away around the fire pit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a long, long drive from L.A. for that. But anyways. What else are they doing? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> come on, friends. <laughs> what kind of friends are you? Um, four hours there, four hours back. Come on. Yeah. There was a, an evening where people were getting up and getting snacks. And was, so I challenged people in the house, you can eat all you want. But when you feel like you're getting up to go get a bag of nuts or some chips, mm-hmm. first you have to drink a full glass of water. Oh, that's a great idea. We used to, right? yes, yes, yes. A friend of mine uh, who is a producer, a very, very good producer, John Winter, we used to have water race whenever he was a PM and I was coordinator with a few other of us. And we would just track on the a dry erase board, like who are, are like water we would just yeah. track how much we were drinking in the day of little, you know, Poland Springs bottled water. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it became a competition and fun. And that was something that, you know, we could always do was the water challenge. Yeah. 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 Okay, so now we have two. We have the subscription challenge <laughs> and the water challenge. Yeah. So <laughs> We're going to challenge all of our listeners. If it's not breakfast, lunch, or dinner, you feel like a snack, first, you can eat it. But first, have a glass of water. Every, anytime you're bored and you want a snack. Drink a glass of water and then see if you still want the snack. Done. How's that? I'm challenging done. myself right now. And then the subscription challenge, which Christian, I haven't done. <laughs> Neither so have sorry. I. <laughs> and I thought oh. to myself, tomorrow morning will be the first time that, you know, Sasha will be home and we can do it together. And he's gung ho about it. So we've got little notes we're taking uh, today throughout the day. And then we'll combine our stuff and take a look tomorrow to see what yeah. can be cut. So yeah. we'll see if that happens. But yes, that's the plan. Yeah, We're going to work on it. I've shared it with uh, a couple of friends that are going to come on the podcast. So we'll see if they do it. Nice. You know, my friend here in the house, he did it. Uh, he went through and found all these different things he didn't need. And like, what the down, heck so. is this? What the heck is this? Yeah. For people who are tuning in the first time, the subscription challenge is pull out your credit card statements or your bank statements and go through and look at all the subscriptions, the monthly recurring charges that you have. Based on our new light, new world order, do we? Do you really need those? Maybe the entertainment ones you do, but like, you know, the food deliveries and the, uh, you know, box of shaving cream that comes once a month or, you know, all of those kind of uh, frivolous things that we've signed up for. Exactly. And um, do you have everything like Hulu and HBO to go and Netflix and yeah. everything? Not saying that you need to cut it all out because if you need it, you should keep it. But it's just yeah. putting things in perspective to see how much you actually spend in the month yeah. and how much you think you really need. Yeah. And I think like we said yesterday with Sarah Carter, our, our worlds are just getting a little smaller. Yeah, right? they are. Do we need to consume as much? Do we, you know, obviously we have no income. So do we need to consume as much? You know, do we need all those luxuries? You know, no, we don't. We just need, yeah, knock it off. Knock it off. off. Exactly. Let's, uh, let's see what we can I do. I saw Christian... Oh. I saw Christian touching her face. Everybody. No, I went like this and didn't. Oh. <laughs> it was That's like a true. stop. You, you stopped. <laughs> yeah, just the nick of time. Just the nick of time. Um, so some updates before we dive into our interview with Josh. Christian, um, I don't know if you saw this, and I don't know what it means. Maybe this happens all the time, but now it's just and now it's newsworthy. Right. But Google had some big server outages yesterday. Mm. I did not hear this, that. In the southeast, in the Atlanta area, big server outages over taxed servers. Yeah. I mean, well, now that most healthcare places have gone to um, 
telecommute. Um, yeah. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, where you telecommuting. Can, thank you. Where, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, if you have a problem, you can uh, get on with somebody at the hospital versus actually going. So I'm sure that's taxing it. Obviously, you know, streaming services now that people are taking it seriously. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if we lost the internet, I'm not going to finish that thought. Yeah. No, don't. <laughs> yeah, we're um, we're mentally and physically preparing for some possible outcomes over the next couple of months. That's one of them, but we honestly don't have any idea what to do. Yeah, I don't even, I mean, I think it's uh, something when it, if it happens, we will react at that point. But thinking about it just will drive us through the roof, yeah. I'm sure. So no need to yeah. think until, that's one of those uh, mind, you know, triages you can do is like, I don't yeah. need to think about this because it's not happening, folks. I don't need to scenario exactly. out what I would do or any of that shit. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. Um, so, Lawrence, did you see? Um, because I know Sarah had mentioned yesterday the Bill Gates article. Yeah, it's also said opening by April is unrealistic. We have a YouTube link for that. Uh, he's, you know, his foundation's been the forefront of actually um, helping and working with this type of virus and illness all over the world. He's yeah. uh, quite a, I would think, an even authority on Mm -hmm. this type of thing because they've done the research. They have the people on the ground working in it right now. They collect the data better than our government can. So uh, he seems to be a pretty steady voice who every time I see something by him, it's, he's so smart. (laughs) so intimidating. I know. know. (laughs) You, you texted me about this. He was on Anderson Cooper last night on CNN, right? And, um, I, I missed the live show, but there's a there's big chunks of it on YouTube. So we're gonna put one of the links in the show notes. And uh, yeah, it was a measured, real but realistic delivery of facts. information mm-hmm. facts. Here's the thing: he said there is no timeline until the rate of infection flattens or is on the decline. There's no timeline. Mm-hmm. There's no way to create a timeline. None. Um, And that's not happening. And the other thing that he said, Christian, I thought that was interesting because, you know, there's talk in the White House about, you know, opening up parts of the country soon, very soon. (laughs) It's detrimental. And mm -hmm, he said that um, there's not really a way to do that because you can't prevent people from crossing county lines. I mean, maybe you can state lines, but you can't cross. So if there's a county, one state that is highly infectious and another one that isn't, there's no way you can stop that spread. So he says the country as a whole, it's all or nothing. We just all have to dig in and do this for however long it takes, or we don't, and it's a, and that would be a major and it's, problem. And it becomes worse, and we have to do this for longer, or we start up and then have to stop again, which would be detrimental. Mm-hmm. This seems mm-hmm. like the, so far from the research that I've done, uh, this seems to be the best way to go is stay inside and stay away from crowds and people until the flattening happens. And yeah. then we can reassess. But until then, then this seems to be the best way to go for everything involved, uh, our health, our economy, and in general, how to fight this. Yeah. 
But, yeah. you know, to a non-journalist throwing out their opinions. To on... non-journalist. Yeah, we, have to, <laughs> we have to say that every time is we're not journalists. We're not journalists, but is, we're smart hey, reading there, people. We can read. We're smart reading people. <laughs> and if there is anybody out there that knows how uh, how significant this Google outage was yesterday, please let us know. Please we, let us know. <laughs> Christian, did you, I know you mentioned a Burger King commercial yesterday, and then I saw one randomly about contactless ordering. I think everybody's doing that now. Have you seen this? Everybody's doing it, but I I'm, I mean, this was a commercial that was like shot with live action commercial. Oh, I see what you're saying. Shot I mean... with people talking about how they're operating in this contactless safe way. So I'm just wondering, but when did, was that shot? Well, yeah, I'm, uh, you know, I remember watching it and thinking there's extras in the background, like cooking. Yeah. Um, in front of somebody walking towards camera and chatting. So I think uh, it was a proper storyboarded little commercial. I mean, it wasn't long. It wasn't complex. 15 seconds, but yeah, no. there were, there well, were there extras. Were, there were actors. It was complex enough. There were two different people speaking on camera and yeah. there were extras. So one of them, I, one of the actors I think I worked with. <laughs> nice. I don't know. I don't know where, you know, you can reach out. Look familiar. <laughs> they look, everyone looks familiar. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know where it was shot. It, it, I don't think it could have been shot in LA because by the time we went, well, I guess there were a few days that you could shoot something still. So I, um, well, no, no, there were. Remember we, we talked about it. We talked. There were there was film. You were allowed to shoot with a film crew of fifty people. Right, 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 right. And I wonder. Okay, there's days. several things that I wonder. I wonder if, um, you know, how sometimes fast food chains way back would have like one store that they would always film in. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. So I wonder if it was that type of situation. And then two. True. So something that Susan said the other day was interesting where her clients were checking on if China is now open, could filming occur mm. in China? Oh, right. I remember yeah. when she said that. And I remember us, you know, like there were more things said around that. And it's just stuck in my mind and thought to myself, well, I wonder if people were doing that last week or like, okay, we can't do L.A. and New York. Let's do Texas or Atlanta or something like that, Mm -hmm. which is exactly what's happening now, which is called state shopping. It's kind of like, (laughs) where can I get the best health care? Let me fly there and do it. So it kind of feels like this. people are doing the same things because, again, you know, it all boils down to having a, you know, a national plan versus a state by state or county by county. Yeah. When was this shot? So there was only a few <laughs> days there that we could have shot under 50. Um, but that's LA, New York. So you're right. It could have been Florida or one of the um, other states Texas? that didn't shut down is Texas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it does look like, I will say, though, it does look like they shot it safely. Right. If you remember looking at it, nobody's touching anybody else. The, the yes. extras are pretty far in the background from the OCP. Mm-hmm. Uh they don't even hand the, and I guess this is what they're doing. They're putting the bag on a tray and holding the tray out the drive through window for the person to take, the customer to take. But somebody still had to put that bag on the tray. So it was touched. So the tray thing is a little funny I to mean, me. There, <laughs> well, I mean, there's a, there's a lot involved with it. I mean, maybe it was even Mexico. I mean, I think that it, or Brazil. I mean, it just yeah. definitely looks like it could have been shot anywhere. I just absolutely feel like... Uh, if it was shot within the last week, I think it was a little bit irresponsible. Oh, I just definitely. do. I mean, it was, there are three definitely. extras, two to three extras in the background, two main talent. That's four. So yeah. once you start adding it up, so I'm assuming it it could have been a foreign country too. But however, 
these OCPs are talking and there's no accent. So I know shooting in Mexico City, if you need a true American sounding mm -hmm. uh, speaking person, you have to fly them in. Mm -hmm. So, and I feel like maybe it could have been Canada. I, I like this I guessing game we're playing. Maybe. South Africa, you, I know. Can get, you can get good good American accents in South Africa. But mm -hmm. I don't know who did it. If anybody out there worked on it, we'd love to hear from you. You don't have to... <laughs> You don't have to spill any beans, but um, we're just curious how that, how that went down. Anonymously bean spill just depends on uh, what you'd like to do. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So. Jane, Jane Doe or John Doe. Yeah. Let us know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so why don't you tell me about this explainer video? Oh, yeah. So, you know, it's interesting. There's so much, there's a lot of content out there now about what the coronavirus is, how it started. I think Vox put out a really good one about how it started uh, in the wet markets in yes. China. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm not trying to blame anybody. I don't want anybody anyone no, to see No, it's just the origin. This is the origin it's the, story. It's the geographical origin mm -hmm. uh, and how it happened and, and how it spread. This video that I'm going to put in the show notes, explainer video, and I'll, I'll read you the title so you can search for it if you don't want to look at our show notes. It goes really into how the actual virus works at a cellular level. Like, what is oh. the cell of a coronavirus? What is inside the virus? What does it do? Mm -hmm. It penetrates into the cell. It tells the cell. It pretends it's something else. Like, it's telling it it's something else, like a protein or something. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I shouldn't be saying this. But what I got from the, from the thing, it tells it something else. And it gives it instructions to, <laughs> to duplicate it. And so it starts duplicating. Then it tells the cell to destroy itself. And so once there's enough virus that's been replicated inside a cell, it tells the cell to destroy itself, which releases all of the virus matter into the rest of the body. It's fascinating. So the title of it is The Coronavirus Explained and What You Should Do. It's on YouTube. Just Google it, and I'm going to put it in the show notes. It's just a little fascinating read and some really good graphics as well. It's quite pretty. <laughs> oh, nice. Well, I will absolutely yeah. look that up when we are done. So. So, Lawrence, uh, did you hear that the UK Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, and his health secretary, Matt uh, Hancock, have both tested positive for coronavirus, forcing yeah. them to lead the, na the nation's response to the pandemic from their homes in self-isolation? Yeah, because I, I, again, not to get political, but I think that his original thoughts, Boris Johnson's original thoughts on the idea were to... <sighs> were to just let it happen, let the coronavirus happen, and then, you know, it, like a quick Band-Aid, it'll be over shortly. Really? I, I've been uh, uh -huh. purposefully avoiding the the politics in, in the UK and the coronavirus uh, handling, how they're handling it in the UK, just because I just can't deal with another... another right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Spain or Italy. <laughs> I mean, not not, yeah. the, not to make light of it, but I mean, those are tragic, <sighs> tragic situations happening in uh, Spain and Italy right now. I know that there are some European leaders that have been pretty responsible about shutting down everything quicker yep. than others. But the UK had saw this wave coming at them. So yeah. uh, no blame or uh, judgment no. here. It's just more of a, um, Ouch. I can't believe he got it. Ouch, I know. And I don't know if you saw this, and I'm going to fact check myself right here, but I believe Prince Charles tested positive as well. And we have some yeah. people in our Senate that are positive. So, you know, these next two weeks is us listening to the news and hearing about people in the public eye 
more and more. We've already had a lot, but more and more, you know, people coming out being positive. Yeah. And it, another um, New York City statistic is 200 fire department members um, test positive um, and 11 percent of the NYPD called out sick today. Oh, geez. That's scary. I know. So, again, it's happening and it's slower. I know that uh, the whole purpose was to slow it from happening and so yeah. that to not overwhelm our, you know, healthcare system, it just seems to be progressing. I don't want to say as planned, but we saw right, this coming right. as again. expected, as expected. Yeah. And mm-hmm. um, as expected, like you were saying yesterday about New Orleans, you know, there's there's mm-hmm. talk of it, you know, mostly spreading because of Mardi Gras. Now, if you look at the calendar, yeah. Mardi Gras was the last <laughs> week of February. The last week of February, Lawrence, was my birthday. And I was in Traverse City, Michigan, um, filming oh, right. a job. Yeah. And yeah, I remember people joking about it. It wasn't in the U.S. that we knew of at that point, more than, you know, 50, I think, at the time of late February. People were still traveling. We were still going out. We still had a big client dinner, which was lovely. Yeah. It was actually really, really lovely. <laughs> So, um, but yeah, that's gone. That's gone. So thinking about something like Mardi Gras and all those people, and if the the virus was present all the way back at the end of February before any Mm -hmm. of us really realized, well, I'll only speak for myself, before I even realized this was such a major issue is, 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 is a little scary. I completely agree because um, what's happening in New Orleans, there's a lot of close quarters in New Orleans, a lot of really poor people and a lot of uh, nursing homes. Have you ever been to Bourbon Street during any time that a celebration has been happening? Not during, you know, any of the festivities, but I've been. Well, it's it's similar to a festival, only tighter packed and more drinking (laughs) somehow (laughs) if you can. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's worse than that. And it's packed in really tight with people absolutely there's no way you can move through the crowd without touching somebody. Yeah. So, yeah, and I was thinking about this the other day. What are festivals going to be like moving forward? I think it's going to be a minute. Are we is it even a good idea to have festivals? Oh, I agree. I agree. And I'm sure the first big festival will sell out because people love them. You know, I've been yeah. to many in my day. Like what's that going to be like when they open back up? Cuz that's definitely yeah. a very um community-based <laughs> yeah. like yeah. feeling that you want to get with other people and music. There's going to mm-hmm. be there's going to be some, you know, PSTD coming out of this for sure. I, I'm sure people are going to be nervous and figuring it out and uh, yeah, I don't know. It was going to take a minute. Yeah. Mhm. Yeah. Moving on for those of us in commercial land, AdAge uh, has a regularly updated list of how brands are responding to the epidemic. It's interesting reading. <laughs> it's a little eye-rolly sometimes, um, but there's some interesting things in there. Blazing through this, QuickBooks uh, switches their ad campaign to focus on small businesses, and they have you know one of those heartfelt ads that we've been talking are, are, are going to be coming. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we're going to put a link to this updated list, and you can all the links are in, are in there for these ads and whatnot. So that's just kind of something interesting. More interesting is Crocs is giving shoes – to healthcare workers for what? free, and Jamsport is giving yeah is giving backpacks. So 
Oh, wow. Quirky Footwear brand Crocs announced it will be donating a pair of shoes from its classic clogs and at-work collections mm-hmm. to healthcare workers across the U.S. as part of a new A Free Pair for Healthcare program. That's amazing. Yeah, it's great. They're going to donate up to 100,000 pairs of shoes to hospitals and other healthcare facilities. Jan Sport is giving away backpacks as well. I don't know. I don't have the details on that. but So some of these brands are stepping up. And that's that's good to hear. That's amazing because I know a, lo- a ton of people who um, in that industry actually wear Crocs because they're they're super comfortable. Make fun yeah. of them how you want, guys, yeah. <laughs> but they are comfortable when you're standing <laughs> on your feet for twelve to who however long shifts that these um, amazing healthcare workers are going through right now. Yes, yes. So another piece of good news, and we've heard about this, but. Uh, Hotels are opening up their beds for healthcare workers and first responders. The American Hotel and Lodging Association said its members, which include Marriott Hilton, Red Roof Inn, they've identified over 6,500 hotel properties across the U.S. that are near healthcare facilities and available to house healthcare workers and their first responders. So that way people can stay near the hotel, I guess, and they can bring in outside crews to work at the hotel, work at the hospitals, and they Mm -hmm. need a place to stay. So that's uh, amazing to hear that some of those brands are doing that. Right, because I think what's um, in New York happening, and I'm sure a lot of you know this already because it's been happening, but doctors that had private practices and such are, are still seeing patients are also now volunteering at hospitals. And you have to have privileges at a specific hospital in order to see patients there. However, I do believe the law has or the um, standards have been relaxed so that you can move around and whatever your specialty is can go to the place of most need now. Mm. Interesting. I know. So I think the American Hotel and Lodging Association is seeing a need that's and filling it with uh, help, which is fantastic. That is great. Mm-hmm. And uh, like Mr. Cuban said, people are going to really look at how <laughs> your how brand acted acted during all this, and mm-hmm. it's going to affect you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get on with the interview. But Christian, I again want to mention the links on our website, producershappyhour.com. Yes, two of them are petitions to implore the government to include film industry and event industry crews in financial relief packages, which I believe I just saw something that the House has passed the bill. Yes, they did. And so we may replace those um, petitions with something more topical. We'll see, but please go on and sign them if you haven't yet. And the third is a form letter for you to send to your state officials asking them to include freelancers in financial assistance programs. Fantastic. So get to work, people. It'll take you all of seven minutes. We're efficient, people. It'll take you all of seven (laughs) minutes. Just do it. It got shorter. So our interview is with Josh Jupiter. And Josh is not just New York-based. He is a true born and bred New Yorker. And he takes that vibe and work ethic with him to every project. When not working under the banner of his company, Fifth Planet Films, he moonlights as a commercial line producer and production supervisor. He's had the pleasure of working directly with well-known filmmakers and celebrities, including producing commercials shoots in Europe. From VFX heavy to run and gun, music videos, experiential, multi-camera shoots, union and non-union, Josh does it all. He has a broad spectrum of projects under his belt. All right, let's take a listen. All right, Josh, thank you for uh, taking the time to chat with us today. How are you doing? I'm well. Um, I'm keeping safe here in my uh, apartment mm-hmm. in Bed-Stuy, Brooklyn. 
I'm keeping pretty busy. I know I've heard about a lot of people saying that they're bored and having trouble finding things to do. I've developed a pretty good routine. Um, Sorry, we were just talking about schedule. So this is, this is interesting. Yeah, this is, yeah tell us what you're yeah. doing. Give us your schedule. I finally recovered from jet lag. Right before this all happened, oh, wow. I was actually Holy in New shit. Zealand That's for right. you were, five weeks. This was vacation, right? Or was this a job? It was vacation. Oh, uh, yeah. Right. Um, I remember this. I did dabble with a little work over there, just like with talking with a couple of right. people, but nothing really came of that. And I just kind of wanted to relax. So the whole pandemic was very present over there. And then when I got to the United States back, it was even more prevalent that, wow, this has touched the USA. May I ask you what date you came back on? If you don't mind telling me. No, not at all. I landed in at LAX uh, March 1st. And I spent three uh, days there. Yeah. And then I flew back to New York. I got back to New York around March 3rd or 4th. And I actually dived right into a job immediately. So that was kind of oh. interesting because both yeah. these wires were getting crossed. Right. So you got back home on the 3rd or 4th to New York, right? And you started a job right away, which sounds about right for anybody who travels <laughs> for pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. You want to you jump on yeah. the first thing when you come back, right? Right. But since since work has finished, I wake up every day at 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. I do about an hour, hour and a half of yoga. I have, I have breakfast. And then I'll just start doing some things, whether it's reading or researching, learning some things, cleaning my apartment, doing laundry, preparing meals for the next couple of days, um, making some phone calls, checking on people doing some video chats. I've also started taking some like educational classes. I took a really great, interesting class yesterday, which was actually more of like a lecture about neuroscience or productivity and things that help us with productivity and things that prevent us with productivity. So my major Mm. takeaway from this class was how cell phones and all the dings and bings and rings that are around us. Mm -hmm. And when I'm at my desk, just trying to do work and someone comes in and interrupts me, how that causes a disruption to my productivity, but also how it increases our risk of error. Yeah. Really? I've read a similar article about this because it's like it's raw. Every time you switch a task, and I don't mean to tell, take the story away from you, Josh, but every time you switch a task, it eats up some enzymes or proteins in your brain. It's right. brain power to actually stop something, re- readdress a new issue, and start a new thing. So I know for myself, once this digital you know, accessibility and multiple digital platforms started to come out, I would get so wiped out by the end of the day. And I think it had to do with that. It's just depleting your brain power. It also creates a dopamine addiction. Really? So your brain gets into this cycle of every four minutes or every eight minutes, it becomes used to hearing the ding. And if it doesn't hear the ding, you're like, oh, let me check my phone. Oh, let me check my email. Oh, Oh, let me do this. And then you think you're multitasking when you're doing, oh, if I'm working on the call sheet and I'm checking the budget and I'm working on the working budget and... Um, you know, I'm answering emails. You think you're multitasking and, you know, I do still believe I am, but it's slowing you down incredibly. So you're losing four to six hours of product- productivity work each day with this going on. 
So a big takeaway that I got from it is just like turn off your phone, Mm -hmm. reduce your notifications on your email, prioritize what's important, what's a fire, what's not, and just really kind of assemble that for today and make it all happen. Yeah. I mean, that's great advice. I I know a few uh, years ago, there was a big push for monotasking rather than multitasking. Right. I remember that. Yeah, and it was cool. born out of this. It was born out of this 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 learning. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. So that was really interesting. And then I'll tell you, this is for me. This is week one, so I'm really mm-hmm. trying to just really be patient and really just take my time with things. And I live alone, and there's really there's not a lot of people in my neighborhood. So there's really this aura of like, hey, it's like we really are isolated and we really do need to kind of protect ourselves. But at the same time, we need to take care of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really trying to do a lot of wellness and just like listen to myself and do like, how do I feel right now? What do I want to do right now? Do I just want to sit here right now mm-hmm. and just stare at the ceiling? Do I just want to take a nap? Do I want to read a book? Like, how do I want to pace myself so I don't get this feeling I think a lot of other people are getting of boredom and not enough to do, and they just start to force to create themselves things to do. So I've just very slowly been generating small lists of things to do, and I do them. And then once I accomplish them, I say, okay, what what am I doing next? Yeah. That's very disciplined. it's it's nothing. Right. I mean, that's very disciplined. All of the choices that you've given, you know, from staring on the ceiling to, you know, something bigger than that are all, you know, okay to do or, um, you know, we should be able to give ourselves permission to do. What you're doing is a slow paced way instead of feeling frantic because there's nothing to do. And I like that. Yeah. 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 And I think also I'm I'm very conscious of winding down at the end of the day. Okay, the sun is setting. I, I, I've been eating dinner very early every day, like five, six o'clock. I'm like, all right, how am I going to wind down? And then around like 10 to 11, I pass out. And I pass out hard oh, and wow. I'm sleeping really yeah. well. <laughs> and I would just wake up naturally. I don't set an alarm clock. I'm waking up at six, uh, six or seven o'clock every day. And I'm just like, okay, do your yoga. And I'm just like, focused on that. And it's a great way to start the day and just feel meditative. And I'm doing very um, meditative, breath-oriented abhyasa yoga, which I used to practice about seven or eight years ago. I used to do it a lot. I would do it twice a day sometimes. And now I'm, I'm starting this routine again. Nice. I think that it kind of points to things that we've said in earlier podcasts of like, and I think to Sarah, Sarah said this as well yesterday, like this kind of moment to really check in on yourself, turn everything inward is kind of a blessing for a lot of people. You know, mm-hmm. we've it could be said that we've learned how to be human and how to take care of ourselves as individuals when we're constantly servicing other people, servicing the job, servicing production companies mm-hmm. or, or creating projects on our own that we have to do 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 because 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 why right because why you know this is all of a sudden that, that all all those prior priorities shrank yeah. now to just today i'm gonna clean my floor really really well <laughs> because I, yeah. you know that was my big takeaway from sarah yesterday well and all the, all the other lovely things but like yeah 
priorities have shifted and what, you know, listen to yourself. That's, that's, that's an interesting, um, interesting uh, path you've gone down, Josh. Well, let's talk. Uh, I'd like to dive deeper into the job. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's what I was going to say. Um, so Josh, you mostly work in uh, commercials, advertising and that. Yes. And what was happening? You said you came back to New York. You, you took a job mm. and Did we what freeze? happened in that job shoot? Did it cancel? Did it postpone? I actually started working, I had two jobs going on the past couple of months. Um, My first job started in December where I actually worked as a cost consultant and that actually transitioned into me sort of executive producing the job because I would have ended up producing it, but I was like, you know what? I don't want to cancel my trip to New Zealand. I had set up the whole job and got the client in place, got the production company in place And they did a really big photo shoot, had lots of talent and such. And that all happened in January. And what I had learned when I got back about that job was that everything that they had done wasn't going to be used because it was for an event in Barcelona and they canceled the event. That was where I was like, wow, this is really something Mm -hmm. going on. That really resonated with me. Right after that, I had started a job with an LA company to come here to do a commercial with for an athletic product with a celebrity. And it was going full steam ahead. Everyone was on board to do it. Mm-hmm. But everything escalated really, really quickly here in New York. There was a lot of panic. I could, all the crew were checking in with me, asking me if it was still happening. All the vendors yep. every day were like, are you guys still moving forward? <laughs> the cater, it was like, I was like, listen, like right now, like, mm-hmm. We're moving forward. They've booked the job. Yeah. We were so hopeful back then. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, was, it was a two-week pause. and <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, what happened was on a, we did cancel the job. And I'm very happy that we did. Oh, yeah. Because there was just so much panic, and it's really just for the best. Mm-hmm. But what did happen, and I can tell you this, and so maybe I don't know what the situation was for other producers or production supervisors. I was the production supervisor on the job, and it was with a producer I never worked with, mm-hmm. $1 million budget. But I had a talk with the executive producer, and I said, are we moving forward? Like, if we cancel, what's going to happen? And he pretty much said, if we book anybody, like, we're going to pay them. Mm-hmm. And that will be it. But if we didn't book anybody, they don't get paid. Or mm-hmm. I was like, okay. And I had to talk with the producer and I was like, listen, we need to book the essentials. We're scouting tomorrow. Right. Like we need to do this. And so what I kind of did was, and I don't know if production companies will like me for doing this, but I know crew will like me for doing this. I made very, a, <laughs> I made a very specific deal memo that mm-hmm. said, you're being paid this much. You are booked. If for any reason the job cancels, you're paid in full. And all the crew signed it. They sent it back to me because it was just this uncertainty. It was just this feeling of Mm -hmm. uncertainty and anything can happen any minute. And what I really did know was this was a lot of people's last opportunity to make some income for a very long time. Um. We text got it the next day and I got all the orders in. So mm-hmm. we were supposed to build on the 8th, okay. pre-light on the 9th, mm-hmm. and shoot on the 10th and the 11th. Right. 
And the morning of the 7th, I got a phone call around like 11 o'clock. Mm-hmm. It was the producer. He's like, job's canceled. Celebrity talent backed out. I mean, everything was picked up because it was the 6th, right? So you had trucks full of stuff. You had people waiting to start on the 8th. Exactly. Yeah. And we, like, caterer was already ordering yeah. the food. Mm-hmm. And so... We pulled everything and I paid everybody in full and everybody got paid. And I know for a lot of people, like the production assistants and the grips and the electrics, like they were like, it was- this money really matters to them. Yeah. Really. Well, that's uh, honorable, Josh, that you did that. Yeah, I think Christian and I in that position, you know, whenever we've been in a cancellation position, we do what we can to make it right by all right. the crew. But mm-hmm. um, it was yeah. good that you had that that much foresight into into how trepidatious uh, the timing was at that moment. Exactly. Because we've spoken to people in previous episodes, because something like that wasn't in place, um, you know, now it's a huge negotiation going down of who gets paid what. Well, I think this is something for a lot of producers and companies and production supervisors and crew to learn about and mm-hmm. why it's important to have a deal memo. Right. And what's in that deal memo for each and every single day, each and every single job. And for me, my whole experience, um, and you know, for me has been, if I'm booked, if you cancel, I'm still paid in full. And I've always honored that with all the crew I've hired. I think there were only certain exceptions where it was like, you were still holding for these days. So kind of great. But if you're booked and I cancel, like, there's a very likely chance like you're still going to get paid. Right. And yeah. that's yeah. The, that is the honorable thing to do. Um, I'm finding more and more over the years that <sighs> it does, you know, it doesn't always the there are circumstances out there that don't allow for the, such strict yes or no uh, instances. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, you being able to do that is huge, especially these days. Huge. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny because in feature films, a deal memo is standard. You know, right. you get the call, you chat, okay, here's the job, here's the date, and, like, not you don't lift a finger until you get that deal memo, and you read it, and you sign it, and that's your guarantee, yeah. and it's done. So that's standard yeah. practice in, in feature films and television. Maybe and for DPs. To... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, so... And, and maybe it's something we need to uh, start uh, adding back into our workflow in commercial land. I think so. I think I, I think that's great, and I think we need to do that. And I think some a big takeaway from this also is just prep time to get those yeah. things in place and <laughs> yeah. communicating with the client to be like, "Hey, you need to actually book the job and give us the seventy five percent deposit on this day, so we have X amount of time mm-hmm. to do the things we need to do, so we are a you know a well oiled engine." And we are driving this train like in the right direction for us, for you and the whole crew. Exactly. I mean, this was all standard practice until I feel like content became the word content and doc right. style started happening. Yeah. And uh, and also <laughs> those two words changed a lot of shit in our industry. <laughs> those two words changed a lot of shit in our industry. And then two big moments, 9-11, the writer strike the 2008 economy crash all right. kind of affected all of all of that. And that's when prep time shrunk and a lot of companies went non-union and so on and so on. 
this is a good moment to take a pause and look back on how we were operating and maybe bringing back some of those some of those practices. Hey, Josh, you had sent an, an email to a, a bunch of your contacts. You, you sent it to me, just kind of giving a little story about you know the ups and downs you've seen through the industry. Do you have any experience in the past of other big slowdowns or other big production moments that are kind of pivotal that kind of relate to what we're experiencing right now? I'm more resonant of the 2008 financial right. crisis. Yeah. Um, because I had graduated from college during that time. And when I got out, uh, I remember graduating and I wrote my uh, one of my professors an email asking for recommendations on how to find like a full-time job. And his response was, you're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> or when you're fucked. It really was. Well, <laughs> I was. I was really shocked by this email. He's like, you are graduating at the worst time. And he's like, there's no mm, film jobs right yeah, now. Yeah, you should write them now. Look at me now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What I really did do, because during that time, I was largely independent and I had taken out student loans um, on my own dollar and I had taken out credit cards to pay for college. Mm -hmm. For me, there really was no safety net. Um, And so I was just really always very determined. And I did every single little thing I could to really just progress myself, learn and network. And there were large times where like, I really wasn't any income coming in, but I would still be like, Hey, how can I take a class and like learn about grip and electric stuff? And how can I just get my hands on my camera and go and film something and edit it on my computer? So during this time, I actually like, I was making also like little short videos myself and I was using that to build a reel. I really juxtaposed that time to this time because... I do think we're going to have a couple of months of nothing, but I'm actually yeah. kind of optimistic with the recent news that I've been hearing about. I do think we could see work resume as soon as maybe three to four months, um, which is pretty good considering everything that's going out there. I think we can really resume working on things like tabletop, vis effect mm-hmm. shoots, yeah. um, stop motion animation. <laughs> And yeah, doc style, run and gun, getting all those, Mm -hmm. getting all those old projects we used to do a lot of back out there until things kind of find normalcy again. Um, I know, I know a few post-production producers and companies. I spoke with a agency producer Mm -hmm. uh, that hires me as a production supervisor and he told me he's really busy right now and he gave me some suggestions on things to pursue and these things included like learning some editorial programs but also finding ways to post-produce and also, if you want to do live action content with Instagram influencers is still going to be a thing. A lot of Instagram ads are still going to need to be made. Right. And a lot of stuff for Facebook is still going to be made, YouTube. And there's only so much they can actually recycle for that. And CG and animation, animation. will kind mm-hmm. of probably for sure. become more popular. Mm-hmm. For a short duration, but the fact of the matter is, like, people want to see people and yeah. people connect 100%. with people. Yeah. And as soon as we can uh, safely get this kind of production going back, I think we're going to 
be able to make these jobs happen. Yeah, I don't remember Christian who said it, but that's a very healthy outlook, Josh. Uh, And uh, one of our guests said, you know, the doomsday people out there are going to struggle when things, the opportunities present themselves, whereas a viewpoint like yours, Josh, we we will be able to get back to work. There is going to be stuff Mm -hmm. to do. We'll be ready. And it's going to be a big adaptation to the way we used to work and how we used to work and the jobs we would do. But we adapt and creating content, that's not going to change. It's just how we do it. Right. And I think something that's really significant with the commercial industry, someone once told me commercials are the crew that are the best of the best. Our grips, our electrics, our PAs, everything. We are a military operation. Yes. I've had people like comment on productions that we've done where they're like, wow, how did you do this? How did you move mountains to make this all happen in a day or two? Because <laughs> um, we do it every week. <laughs> and, you know, for though there will, you know, it's likely not everyone will, you know, like 100% be in the film industry when we get out of this. But I think majority of us will. Yeah. Yeah. And I started actually listening to a bit of an audible book uh, right before we took this phone call. It's called The Last Safe Investment by uh, Brian Franklin and Michael Ellsberg. Mm-hmm. I only listened to maybe like 10, 15 minutes of it. But a big takeaway I got from it was bet on yourself, bet on yourself, like develop yourself, really work on yourself during this time so you can move in the right direction for when you can get back on the treadmill and start running again. Get used to rejection. Um, I think we in the commercial industry are very used to rejection. Being on hold for multiple jobs that come and go, mm-hmm. being, you know, submitting your resume, doing countless phone calls with producers or companies or uh, when I have to call people and interview them, like you have to get used to rejection eventually it teaches you like, okay, like I can better myself with these skills. So I know I can talk to the production supervisor. So he or she will hire me because I can offer these things. And what can you offer? And what can you benefit productions with? What can you benefit clients with? What can you benefit your director with, but also just making everything go smoothly. Mm -hmm. So I think this is a really good time to think about all that stuff, but it's also, hey, what do I offer production? Why am I still in this industry? And why am I not leaving this industry instead of pursuing something else? Is it not just about the money or is it something else? Is it thriving on the creativity, but also the the challenge that is faced upon me? And I think this is something that we as freelancers are used to. And we've been met with a lot of different other challenges over the decades, the years, and now we're faced with this. And, you know, Lawrence, I know you thrive on problem solving and that's why you created this podcast. And that's why, you know, Christian, you're here too, is like, we're producers, like it's our job to find out how to solve problems. And that's what Mm -hmm. we're going to do with this one. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah, some great exactly. words of wisdom. You've got a very solid foundation under your perspective of, of looking at this and of how we're going to weather the storm and how we're going to come back strong in a new way. And that's very inspiring for us to listen to. And I'm sure it is for our listeners as well. So we just want to yeah. thank you, Josh. Thank you so much for, for sharing all that. 
and uh, taking the time to chat with us today. We really appreciate it. We really appreciate your time. And I do think that when, uh, because we do, we are busy, fortunately, uh, when we are working, <laughs> that we don't take the time to look into ourselves. We just go from job to job to job. So again, this is a great opportunity to check in and see why. Yes. Yeah. And to better yourself. Yeah. So thank you so much. Those are great words of wisdom for our audience. Yeah. Thanks, Josh. You're welcome. You take care. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Check in with us now and then, and uh, we'll talk again soon, okay? All right. Thank you. Enjoy the rest of your day. All right. You too. Bye. Bye. That was a great interview. I mean, a lot of good advice from Josh. A lot of good advice. And I think his perspective, like I was saying, it's solid, it's grounded, and uh, very realistic. Going back to the beginning, just talking about his process of his day-to-day living right now, it's almost a little Buddhist in a way of just mm-hmm. being at peace with and and really checking in with yourself about what do I need right now? Do I need a bowl of chips? No. Do I need to read a book? No. Do I need to take a nap? Yes. Um, that's At least that's how it goes for me. No, <laughs> but, I, I agree. Uh, and, then, and then sometimes it's, you know, yeah, I want to read a book or I want to take a course or, you know, and it's not feeling the pressure that we – It's letting go of the pressure that we feel day to day to be busy, be active, be better. I think right now we just need to be. I agree. And I also think his structure is commendable for sure. That type of structure, I'm not sure that I could lend to because it seems very regimented. Um, But I could take a lot of what he says and mold it into what my life is. Yeah. For sure. Um, but 6 a.m. every day. Oof. Yeah, I'm not oof. a morning person. <laughs> I am a morning person and that one's woof. I'd be like, well, well, but I stayed up all night. Do I just keep awake? <laughs> but yes, I mean, taking what he says in a general sense and putting it into my lifestyle, I think would be the way to go. So, yeah. yeah. Well, thank, I mean, nice. great interview, Josh. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for your time, Josh. Everybody, uh, that's it for us today. Um, so stay safe, stay connected, stay active, or don't. Take a, take a nap if you want. <laughs> but, but, but for the love of God, please stay home. <laughs> exactly. And wash your hands and don't touch your face. I haven't done it through this podcast. Oh, I did it once. My nose itched and I was mortified. <laughs> um, but you know who you are. Stop touching your face. Be sure to send us your voice recordings or emails to producershappyhour at gmail.com. Christian, how do people get a hold of you directly for when we're ready to come back to work? <laughs> Sister Christian <laughs> produces. Mm. And um, Lawrence, how do people reach you directly? My full name, Lawrence T. Lewis. The T is T is in Tom. LawrenceTLewis.com or VoiceOfLawrence.com for my voiceover work. All right, guys. Another, uh, it's another Friday, so another, uh, another week <laughs> done. Uh, we'll be at, we'll be back tomorrow. We have an interview yeah. tomorrow, Christian. But I think we'll take Sunday down again. Yeah, I think we'll so take Sunday we'll s- down again. We'll see you guys tomorrow. All right, check you later. Bye. Bye.